everyone, Jason Engelman here, CEO of Freaky Fast Home Buyers and Investments. Thank you for tuning in to our very first podcast, Brick by Brick, Building Single Family Wealth. Um, right now, we're living in a very interesting time in the economy and in the market. So many different information out there, so much uh, concern and fear because we just don't understand where the market is. There's a lot of projections. There's a lot of signs that indicate a correction, that indicate potentially a downturn into maybe potentially a crash. There's also those indicators that would maybe point the opposite, how the economy could stay strong, especially in the real estate sector, and how we could not really see as big of a dip as we might be expecting. And so it's very interesting. You find yourself trying to figure out, okay, what do I believe? Uh, what information should I look at? One thing that I'm constantly uh, thinking in the back of my mind is, God, please give me wisdom and discernment. That discernment is so important in today's uh, society because you have just all this different information, whether it's something you hear on the news, whether it's something you hear in a podcast, or maybe you read an article, or you see a, a tweet, or a, what is it called now, an X or something on on the former Twitter uh, site. It's, it's just a very interesting time. So where where do I go? You know, how do I plan? How do I uh, dissect investment opportunities? What do I believe? And I think that's something that a lot of people are really struggling with. And for me, it's like, God, please give me discernment. If you have that discernment, if you have the diligence in knowing uh, your your sector, knowing your portfolio, knowing the things that you're a steward over, that is going to help you be a better investor or a better businessman or leader, whatever the case may be. Having that, that discernment and being diligent in knowing your craft. And, and that's why we have this podcast is so that we can provide information to give you, the investor, an opportunity to digest all the information that you're hearing and then go look into the data behind it and see if it makes sense and if it checks out. I think that's one thing that I learned at, at, you know, very early in the real estate business is numbers do not lie. So know your numbers, whether it's data points in the sense of days on market or your, uh, your cash cycle conversion, like how long or cash conversion cycle. How long has it taken you to get that cash back if you're putting it out? Certain things like that that is so important to help you make great decisions, especially if you are in the real estate market and you're trying to determine your disposition. Do I flip it? Do I keep it as a rental? Uh, do I maybe turn it into a short-term rental? Where do I go and what do I do with this? And I think that's so important. So just a couple indicators of both sides, why there could be a downturn and how to react if there is. And what if there is no downturn? What if it stays uh, the way it is, even with interest rates high? Um, and the indicators that maybe suggest that that could potentially happen. And then let you decide. And I'll give you a little insight on what we're gonna do and how we're gonna handle where the market goes. So here we are. Uh, we're coming into the end of the fourth, or we're coming into the fourth quarter, end of the year. And there's a lot of indicators that have a lot of people concerned with the real estate market. Some of those indicators is credit card debts, the highest it's been in a long time. Uh, foreclosures are starting to creep back in and they're starting to rise up. 
um, uh, one of the things that a lot of people are concerned about is applications for loans are going down. There's not as many appraisals that are being done, not as many inspections where, you know, at one point inspectors had two or three a day. Now they may have two or three a week. So you're starting to see a little bit of a decrease that may indicate that the market's really going to start slowing down. And I have some and I have some opinions on why that is that may not suggest a downturn. However, those are some indicators that people are looking at. Other indicators are in the automobile industry. Um, you're seeing cars being repossessed a lot sooner and quicker. Um, you're seeing uh, less cars being purchased right now. So all these indications in different sectors of the economy are really concerning a lot of people in the real estate game. You're seeing a lot of these hedge funds who are pouring billions of dollars into the single family sector sitting on the sidelines. They're not buying right now. Even if it's a really good deal, they're sitting and kind of waiting to see where the market goes. That's got a lot of people scared. It's like, well, what do these guys know who uh, pour billions of dollars into knowing the market? What do they know that we don't? And so that's got a lot of red flags in a lot of people's minds. So let's just say those indicators are true. You're going to see the market go down and it's going to correct. The question is, how badly? Um, historically, the worst is 30-40%. Now, if you go back and you look at those times in our economy and in our country, it affected certain markets. It wasn't necessarily across the board 20 to or 30, 40%. You know, it was markets like Las Vegas or markets, you know, in California. Uh, some of these markets that really ballooned really quickly and then created this bubble that, that burst. You know, Florida really got hit quite bad. But a lot of these secondary markets did not get affected as bad. Sure, it went down maybe 10, 15, maybe 20%, but it didn't go all the way down to 40%. So that's also an indicator as where to invest if we do see that type of downturn. Here at Freaky Fast, we focus on secondary markets. We love the Midwest. Cincinnati, Ohio is a great market. Uh, you're seeing great cash flow, but you're also seeing appreciation. Um, you, you just continue going throughout different markets in Indiana, Ohio, um, and, and then a little bit of the Southeast are still very, very strong. And you see that growth. Some of the reasons for that strength in the market is a few things. One, unemployment is extremely low. Uh, there's a lot of job growth. You know, you got companies like in Cincinnati, Ohio, a lot of Fortune 500 companies that have a lot of jobs and you're seeing the millennial generation moving to the Midwest. Their parents wanted to get out of the Midwest. They wanted to go to warmer weather. Now you're seeing people move back to the Midwest because there's a lot of job growth. Also, the cost of living is a lot more affordable and you can get a really nice home for a much uh, discounted price compared to maybe Nashville, Tennessee. The same house I'm going to buy in Nashville for $750,000, $800,000, I could get in Cincinnati for around three fifty. dollars That's a huge difference. And with interest rates going up, they're not able to afford the seven dollars $800,000 houses like they were a year and a half ago when you know they can get it below 4% or 3%. So now with the fact that the interest rates have gone up, their affordability has decreased. It's gone into a different bracket and they're able to find a lot of really nice, good quality homes that fit that bracket in the Midwest. So that's why you're seeing the Midwest, Midwest markets remain really strong and, and very hot. Wall Street Journal came out with the article a couple months ago saying that the top 20 markets, a majority of them were in Indiana and Ohio. So again, just looking at indicators will really help determine where you should invest. Now you may be sitting in 
Colorado or Texas or Florida or California or Idaho. And you're like, okay, yes, I get that. However, I want to invest in my market. I want to be able to see it. I want to be uh, hands-on. And, and then that can cause you know, some different problems. One of the things that I always ask investors, are you trying to be active or are you trying to be passive? If you're trying to be passive, don't be afraid to get outside of the market that you're currently in. Um, there's so there, don't confine yourself to a box and miss out on a lot of great opportunities. If you're in California, you're lucky if you make five, six percent hit on a deal. Whereas you could take that same money, put it in Ohio, and make double-digit returns and get multiple properties for the same amount that you would pay for one property, making four or five percent in California. So sometimes you have to get outside of that comfort zone to take advantage. Now. Again, if the interest or if the uh, the markets do correct, and we start to see this downturn in the market, and interest rates have keep going up, and or they don't come down, and people are starting to freak out, and and we see this shift, that's the time to invest. You're going to be able to get great deals at a major dis major discounted price that you're just going to have to sit on. So that's why cash is so important. However, here's the problem that I think a lot of people are experiencing right now. They're sitting on cash, they're waiting to invest, they're wanting to see where the market goes, but the market shows it's gonna change, shows it's gonna have a downturn, but then doesn't really have a downturn. Maybe it drops for a little bit and then it bounces back up. We saw prices go down last year at the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter and first quarter of 2023. But then by the second quarter, prices went back up. In a lot of cases, prices even went higher than they were before they fell in the third quarter of 2022. So if you were sitting on the sidelines just waiting for it to continue to fall, you missed out on some great opportunities because it didn't go all the way down. So the, the thought is you buy when it goes down. If it continues to go down, you buy some more. And if it continues to go down, you buy some more. And you, it's the old concept that we've heard a million times. You buy low and you sell high. But what happens is so many people get afraid, they listen to all the noise in the media, and it causes them to panic and not to think clearly, and not to uh, lose their head, so to speak. And so then they make mistakes. If you stay focused, if you have a plan in place, then you can really ride through uh, this downturn if it happens and come out quite handsomely. Again, I think it, it, it takes that discernment to have to be able to know where to go. Now, here's some reasons why I don't necessarily think we're gonna see that type of downturn. One of the reasons, if you go back and look at 2007, 2008, that caused us to go into really bad crisis in the real estate market was loans. There was a lot of bad loans that were being written and given out and approved without really verifying the income to support those loans. You know, it was kind of like that wink, wink type of deal where you come in and you realize, hey, this guy doesn't have enough money to support this loan. However, I really need to write this loan. And so you suggest maybe, uh, do you make any extra money? Do you mow any lawns on the weekends? Do you babysit? Uh, what kind of extra money are you bringing in? Do you sell some type of MLM product that's going to bring in another thousand a month? Wink, wink. And oh yeah, okay, great. And there was no really verification of the income that these people were making and they're writing bad loans. So then when they weren't able to afford it, you saw foreclosures go up and the market crash. Now, 
The government stepped in, put a lot of regulations in place to prevent bad loans from being written. So what you're seeing now is not something that is going to crash because bad loans were put in place. The reason you might see somewhat of a burst is because of how quickly the real estate market appreciated. You know, I think of Nashville, Tennessee as like the perfect example of this. In 2017, my wife and I moved to Nashville. She's a country artist and uh, she started to expand her career. And so we moved to Nashville. And at that time, it was a very hot market, but yet it didn't. It, it was just the beginning. It, it hadn't reached the pinnacle. And I remember people were buying houses in the east side of Nashville, which was a very rough area at the time, for $20,000, $30,000. I had an investor friend of mine say he passed on a couple deals because he thought that it was too much money at that point. And then kicked himself uh, because three years later, those same properties that he could have bought for 20, 30 grand were selling for 250, 300, 400 grand. Fast forward to 2019, 2020, you could still get a really good deal. My wife and I bought a house for around 330. It was in poor shape. Um, so you could see just that difference in that, in that time span between like 2015 and 2020. Bad poor shape, put about 80 grand in, made it you know, fairly nice home. And in two years, we sold it for double what we purchased it for. So again, you saw like this amazing amount of growth in a short period of time, but then it continued to grow. And then it continued to grow. Why? Because people were moving from the West Coast, selling their properties in California and paying cash. People were able to offer 100, 200,000 over asking because interest rates were so low. And what it did was it inflated that market really quick. So if we see a correction, it's gonna be in markets like that where people bought a house and it just grew really quick and then it grew again and again and then it, you see it maybe come back to more of a reality type of evaluation in the market. But for investments, if you're buying what I call affordable housing, like what we focus here at Freaky Fast, you know, we're buying homes in secondary markets that um, you know, maybe cost around 100, 150,000 after the rehab is already in place and you're running it out for the 1% rule and you're making eight, 10% uh, cash flow on that uh, net, then those type of deals, I think are gonna be very, very safe just because of the affordability. I don't really see them dropping to 50, $60,000 or $70,000. And if they do, that's the greatest thing that could happen for you and I. Because now we can go take our cash and go buy a bunch more of those properties, get them rented, and hang on to them for the next 10, 15, 20 years and watch them go back in value. So either way, depending on the situation, we're going to be in a safe spot. But going back to why I don't necessarily think we're going to see this huge correction is for three things. One, after the 2008, 2009, 2010 uh, play out, new construction um, kind of came to a standstill. Uh, contractors were literally going bankrupt because there was nobody wanting to buy these properties. And so we stopped construction. And by doing that, we created this huge deficit in homes that we were needing for the market growth. Speed it up to 2020, COVID hits, and contractors still having that bad taste of what happened 10 years prior started slowing down. They didn't want to you know, go bankrupt again. 
And also on top of that, you had material lines um, in a, at a deficit uh, just because of the lockdowns and, and uh, manufacturers not being um, actively creating the materials that were needed. And so you saw this deficit speed up even more and grow even more because of the slowdown in 2020. So depending on where you look and what you read, we're at a deficit anywhere between 3 million to 5.2 million homes in this, in this market. And you include the fact that we are experiencing the highest and largest migration in the history of the United States with the millennial generation moving in to buy their first home. It's created quite a problem. So even though interest rates have gone up, the market, to the chagrin of a lot of experts, has stayed fairly consistent because the demand is still much higher than the supply. On top of that, number two, another reason why I think we could see stability versus a downturn is the fact that 9 out of 10 mortgages right now have interest rates less than 5%. So if you have a home, even if it has a lot of equity and you could sell it, or maybe you want to uh, buy a bigger home, you may not be so inclined to put your house on the market just for the fact that if you did sell it, now you're going to get rid of that really great mortgage payment and now you're going to get a new mortgage paying much uh, higher prices because of the increase in the rates. So maybe you're thinking, well, I'm going to sit tight. The other reason why people aren't wanting to sell, even if they've got a lot of equity, is because they're afraid if they do sell, they may not be able to find anything on the market for them to buy. So you're seeing this holding pattern taking place by a lot of people that have equity in their homes for those different reasons. And you're seeing that we still have this major deficit in homes because of new construction. And you're seeing that there's still this huge demand for homes because of the migration of millennials. And it's kind of keeping that market pretty stable. So those are indicators why there won't be a correction. The fact that there's a demand that's much greater than the supply that we have. And two, we're not looking at bad mortgages. We're looking at the fact that maybe the reason why there would be a correction is because of how quickly it grew because interest rates were low. Now that they're high, things are starting to come down. And so maybe it balances it out and we don't quite experience the dramatic downturn or collapse in the real estate market that we did a decade ago. So those are indicators of why it's going to stay strong. There's indicators on why the market's going to go down. And the question for you is, are you going to be an investor that's going to take an opportunity and, or take advantage of the opportunity that is created? If there is a collapse, now's the time to start building brick by brick your single family wealth. You have the ability to start finding ways to get really good deals. Now, you may say, well, hey, I'm a doctor. I really don't know how to do that. Then great. Find a company like Freaky Fast that was created to support investors like yourself. Here at Freaky Fast, we've created an opportunity for you, the investor, to take more of a passive role but experience an active style of return. We're finding deals that we're purchasing, rehabbing, and turn around and selling them to the investors full turnkey cash flowing properties. What we've included in doing that is now we're also selling properties to the investor before we rehabbed it and allowing them to experience a larger opportunity uh, based off of where we're buying it at 
and then them putting the rehab into the property. They're creating a larger appreciation and equity play for them and creating a really strong ROI based off their cash flow. We're doing all the work. The investor is just providing the money and they're making great returns. The other thing about the single family home sector in the downturn, let's just say there's a massive downturn. Well, it's not just going to be real estate that's going to be affected. It's going to be Wall Street. Your, your uh, stock portfolio is going to take a massive hit. September was not a great month. I've talked to investor after investor who lost anywhere between $20,000 and $200,000 in the stock market in the month of September. Why? Because the stock market is very volatile. And real estate is not as volatile because it's a larger asset. It's, it's, or it's a tangible asset, excuse me. And because of that, you're going to be able to take that type of money maybe out of Wall Street, put it in real estate and make just as good, if not better returns, and it not be as crazy as the stock market. So now's the time to get into single family homes. If you've got to do it uh, through a company like ours and you're more of a passive role, or if maybe you have the ability, maybe you live in one of these markets that's really strong and you can do it yourself, then great. But now's the time to get involved. I love what Warren Buffett said. He said, when people are greedy, that's the time to be fearful. And when people are fearful, that's time to be greedy. Now's the time that people are really fearful. So for you, the investor, is time to take advantage. Go out and find the deals. And don't be, don't be too passive in the sense of, I don't mean by investing uh, a passive role, I mean being too passive and wanting to sit on the sidelines and just waiting and saying, well, you know, I don't know where the market's gonna go. I'm just gonna kind of sit on my hands for a little bit, sit on this money. If, if, you, if you become too timid, then you're gonna lose out on opportunities. And while you sit on that money, you're gonna lose uh, money just for the fact inflation keeps going up, the value of the dollar keeps going down. Get it into something tangible. Get it to where that money is creating more money for you. Again, all this is stuff that you can hear on a hundred different podcasts. It's stuff that you can hear from the gurus. But I think sometimes it's good to hear it over and over again just for the fact that we at times forget the good information and we only look at the bad. We have a tendency as humans to look at the bad versus the good. You know, you can work with somebody and they've made you money for 12 months and that 13 month, your money, you don't make as much. All of a sudden there's something wrong and you're trying to figure out why, you know, you didn't make as much money. And it's like, look, you know, you had 12 really good months. It's just our nature. We look more for the bad than we do the good. Now's the time to look for the good. Look at the opportunities that are being created and take advantage of it. So that's my take on it. Freaky fast, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to be smart, but we're going to be aggressive. We've got three different plans. If the market stays uh, fairly strong, it doesn't really fluctuate one way or the other. We have a plan. If it corrects just a little bit, goes down maybe 10, 15%, we have a plan. If it goes down 30, 40%, we have a completely different plan. So we have plans in place, what I call circuit breakers, to help protect you, your investment, and your portfolio based off of what the market does. Have a plan. Know exactly what's taking place in the markets and be prepared to act upon that accordingly. And I think you'll find yourself in a great spot. If I could leave you with just one thing, this is so important. So many times, especially in really good markets, 
people get incredibly greedy. They start expecting like all these high double digit returns and they forget that a seven, eight, 9% consistent return is a great investment. And they get extremely spoiled because of a really hot market where prices have gone up. And when that happens, people start looking at their portfolio in smaller time frames. They look them at they look at them at 60, 90, 126 month year type of time frames. That's the wrong way to look at real estate. Real estate, don't lose me on this. And if you catch anything, catch this. Real estate is the investment of the decades. You're wanting to buy now and you're wanting to hold on to it for a decade or longer than that. It's great investments to be able to pass down to family members. So if you were to have bought a house in 1970, for example, and you held on to it all the way for the next 50 years, you're going to see this huge appreciation that you could have passed along to a family member. So if you look at real estate in decades, it's going to go up, it's going to go down, it's going to go up, it's going to go down. If you don't freak out about that and you hang on to it for the years, it's going to cash flow throughout that time and it's going to continue to appreciate. And over a 20, 30 year span, you're going to look back and your investment of 100,000 is going to turn out quite handsomely for you and your family. So look at real estate in the, in the lens of investing for the decades, not the years, and you're going to be just fine. This is Jason Eagleman, CEO of Freaky Fast Home Buyers and Investments. You're listening to our podcast, Brick by Brick, Building Wealth in Single Family Homes. Mm-hmm.